How I love your word, how it lights my path, how it guides my way. And it's our final section of our journey through Acts. So we've come all the way through. We have looked at every verse in the book of Acts over the last months. And uh, here is the last section. Ian is going to be preaching to us this morning. So let's read Acts chapter 28 and we'll read verses 23 down to 31. Acts 28 verse 23. When they had set a day for Paul, they came to him at his lodging in large numbers, and he was explaining to them by solemnly testifying about the kingdom of God and trying to persuade them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and from the prophets from morning until evening. Some were being persuaded by the things spoken, but others would not believe. And when they did not agree with one another, they began leaving after Paul had spoken one parting word. The Holy Spirit rightly spoke through Isaiah the prophet to your fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, You will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. And you will keep on seeing, but you will not perceive. For the heart of this people has become dull. And with their ears they scarcely hear, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and return. And I would heal them. Therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will also listen. And when he had spoken these words, the Jews departed having a great dispute among themselves. And he stayed two full years in his own rented quarters and was welcoming all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness, unhindered. Amazing. Let's pray for Ian. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, that you would just stir up your word within Ian. And as he preaches to us, Lord, that he will find he can do it with all openness and unhindered, Lord. We pray that you'll open our hearts to hear your voice in all that he's sharing this morning and that we will go out from here able to be trusting and obeying your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Can you uh, hear me okay? Uh, If not, I can ask uh, Adam to push one of the buttons. Are you okay at the back? Yeah, great. If you want to turn me down, there isn't a button for that. Um, Wasn't it lovely to hear the children's uh, talk and to hear from the children? And we're already receiving from the Lord, I believe. Uh, 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 So it's, it's, it's wonderful. So as Debbie says, we're here at the end of Acts And Paul has finally reached Rome. Before I say anything more, um, if you're worried that we haven't done the testimonies from the churches on the street, it's going to take place within the preach. So how about that? So uh, you're involved in the preach as well. So here, Paul has finally reached Rome. And what was promised of God that Paul would stand before Caesar was now, well, geographically at least, very close 
as we read, it will be another two years before he stands before Caesar. So Paul really understood what it was to be in lockdown, to be in house arrest, not being able to move out and about. But not only that, he endured the weeks and months of the journey uh, to Rome, which we've read about, the storms, uh, the laying aside in various places, the shipwreck. And even prior to that, he had to wait two years in, in Caesarea before he went through the process of, of standing before Felix and Festus uh, beforehand. So he's had a long, long time. And we've been him, with, with him through it now as we come to the end of Acts. It was lovely. Last week, Davis took, David took us uh, through part one of, of Paul's arrival in Rome. And you remember he ended with the dot, dot, dot. You know, that caption, to be continued on the television series. So here we are, concluding uh, chapter 28. Although, I must admit, I was a little disappointed that David missed out on one, one tremendous truth that was in there, uh, which was the justification for the Christian to go to the pub and drink beer. I don't know if you noticed that. In verse 15, it says, Paul was grateful to meet people at three inns and took courage. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes. That's an old preacher's joke and probably gone well past its sell-by date. Um, But anyway. So here we are at verse 23. The leading men of the Jews have got together. They've combined their Google calendars and they found a day in which they can all come together uh, to meet with Paul. Uh, To hear about what they said was this sect that is spoken against everywhere and which gave Paul the opportunity to speak about why he was wearing this chain for the sake of the hope of Israel. Well, I hope they blocked out a whole day in their calendar. It was certainly a long time that they had listening to Paul and coming together and debating and discussing with him uh, the things that he wanted to talk about. From morning until evening, it says. You know, it's one of those times when actually you think You'd like to have been there. I mean, what it was to have heard Paul talk about these things from the law of Moses and the prophets about Jesus and about the kingdom of God. It's like the time when Jesus appears to Cleopas and his companion on the road to Emmaus. You'd like to have been there walking kind of slightly behind, wanting to hear what Jesus said. Because, you know, it's with beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. But anyway, here was Paul talking to the leading men in, in, uh, of the Jews in Rome, and I'm sure there were others there with them. And I'm sure he was able to kind of, trying to utilize his great learning, his scriptural knowledge and his debating skills, having been brought up, brought up as a Pharisee, I'm sure his great love and his heart's desire for his fellow countrymen was, was tangible um, because he wanted them to hear about Jesus. And he sat for such a long time with them, explaining and talking and showing them through the scriptures. I'm sure he prayed for the Holy Spirit to enlighten his words that he brought and the words of scripture. And yet we read, some were persuaded, but yet others would not believe. And as they were leaving, doesn't he? Paul gives that 
Those words from Isaiah that were spoken to um, his people many, many years ago, hundreds of years ago, and unfortunately still rang true today. Are you listening? You haven't heard a word I've said. It sends a chill through some of us sometimes, isn't it? When people accuse us, you know, say to us, are you listening? You haven't heard a word I've said. Go to this people and say, you will keep on hearing but will not understand. Years and years and years, the Lord has been speaking to his people. But they've slowly, slowly turned away, turned their ears away from hearing him, turned their eyes away from seeing the things that he has done. And their hearts have become dull. And for some of them, that was still the case, even with Paul's longing and um, time with them in showing them the scriptures. Yet, they were dull. Otherwise, the Lord's heart was still there for them. The Lord's compassion was there. Because if they would turn, then he would heal them. So Paul repeats this judgment that was spoken of uh, by Isaiah all those years ago. And uh, perhaps it's a sobering uh, reminder for us that we should be active listeners, active responders to the Lord and his word to us as he speaks to us, that we don't get familiar uh, and, and um, uh, you know, kind of just turn and begin to turn our ears down, turn the volume down on what the Lord is saying to us, that we should be active and responsive to his word, seeing and listening as God shows and speaks to us. When I read the passage, I was particularly intrigued and noticed that when Paul spoke to the Jews, uh, he said he spoke of Jesus and the kingdom of God. And then afterwards, when he spoke with the people who came to him in those two years, probably predominantly Gentiles, he also spoke about Jesus and the kingdom of God. And it, it kind of reminded me of um, the time of Peter's vision. Uh, in Acts chapter 10, you remember, we, we looked at it, when he saw the, the sheet uh, lowered before him uh, with all kinds of animals that were on there uh, and, uh, and the words of the Lord to, um, you know, to him. And it was taken up. And then he got that call from those visitors uh, uh, telling him that, um, to, to, that, uh, that he should go and see Cornelius. And Peter obeys the Lord in that, and uh, he speaks to him and his household. And while he was speaking to them and visiting them, he says to them, he's now he's opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. And then he goes on to speak with them and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. So it's right that Paul speaks Jesus and the kingdom to the Jews, but also Jesus and the kingdom to the Gentiles too. It's the same message. It's the same thing that he has. But I also was reminded that, um, kind of particularly thinking about those words that he spoke from Isaiah 
to the Jews about the, the dullness of their hearts, even though the law was continually speaking to them over the years. I was reminded of the parable that Jesus told. And he told it to the chief priests and the elders when he was in the temple. And he said, and this is found in Matthew 21, he says, listen to another parable. He said, there was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a wall around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and rented it out to vine growers and went on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his slaves to the vine growers to receive his produce. The vine growers took his slaves and beat one and killed another and stoned a third. Again he sent a group of slaves larger than the first and they did the same thing to them. But afterward he sent his son to them saying, they will respect my son. But when the vine growers saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir, come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. They took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine growers? And they said to him, he will bring those, those wretches to a wretched end and will rent out the vineyard to other vine growers who will pay him the proceeds at the proper seasons. And Jesus said to them, did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? This became the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord, and it is marvellous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people, producing the fruit of it. The sad thing is, for the people, the Jewish people now, uh, in this, as as we've seen, kind of this this synopsis uh, from from Jesus about what his people have, have done to those whom he sent to them, and indeed him will do to Jesus himself. And he has this uh, um, outcome, this judgment upon them, that the kingdom will be taken away from them and given to a people producing the fruit of it. So Paul was, was speaking of the kingdom to a new people, and the law was looking for, again, for a people who, who would respond to it and become that people. So the coming of God's kingdom is when... God's will is done on the earth. The way that this happens is that God has chosen to happen primarily through his body, the church. We are the kingdom people. You will remember that Jesus spoke with Nicodemus, another leading Jew at the time. And Nicodemus came to him at night to try and discuss with him the things that he'd been hearing. But Jesus immediately says to him, Unless one is born from above or born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And goes on to say, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. So our being born again enables us, enables us to see, gives us that entrance into the kingdom. The working of the Holy Spirit uh, in saving people, in bringing uh, us to Jesus, giving us that new life, 
is that we are now a people who are a people of the kingdom. The coming of God's kingdom is when God's will is done on the earth through the church and in the power of the Holy Spirit. The presence and working of the Holy Spirit is a key aspect of the kingdom of God. Jesus starts his earthly ministry after being baptised when he is anointed by the Holy Spirit and as it be seen as the dove rests upon him. And after this, uh, Mark records that Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. It is at this time that Jesus brings the kingdom of God center stage and it is what he preaches and teaches about the most. You will recall that when Jesus goes into the temple and they give him the scriptures to read, he turns to Isaiah, Isaiah 61. And And he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and to proclaim the favourable year of the Lord. So Jesus recognises and declares to the people through the words of Isaiah that he is anointed to preach good news to the poor and bring release to captives, all these wonderful things that he's doing. And you remember that when Jesus is criticised by the Pharisees, who question whose authority and power. He does all these miraculous works. He says, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So the Holy Spirit is important in the work of the kingdom of God and is given to us that we should be involved in that work to bring about, to release the kingdom of God, the spirit has been poured out in, onto the church right at the very beginning of our, our studies in the book of Acts, we looked at the account of Pentecost when that happened, when the Lord pours out the spirit, when the church first receives the, the Father's gift of the Holy Spirit so the church, the body of Christ has the spirit who's been with Jesus as he proclaimed taught and released the kingdom of God And what was the result? Well, if you remember those verses, immediately the church begins to witness. To witness about the Lord Jesus Christ, to testify about all he has done. And Peter, remember, stands up and begins to preach. And it says that all in Jerusalem began to hear of things. Even those who were from different parts of the world who had gathered in Jerusalem, they heard the word even in their own languages as the Holy Spirit gave the uh, apostles the utterance of speaking in tongues so God's word was going out when the spirit had been poured out enabling the church to be the agent 
to bring the release of the kingdom of God into the world. And we have the Spirit. And we're able to partner with him, with what the law wants to do through him. That is our purpose in the kingdom. When Jesus spoke to the apostles before Pentecost, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. You remember from the parable that we've looked at that the kingdom is given to a people involved in the producing of the fruit of the kingdom. And Jesus also said, when he gave that great commission to the apostles and to us, his church, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. And you remember before that when he sends out the twelve on their mission work. It's recorded in Matthew uh, chapter 10. What was the message that he gave them? This is Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And then, as he instructs them when they go out, he says, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter any city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Here it is. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And now it is us to be involved in that work of freely giving that which has been given to us, the good news, and to uh, be involved with the Holy Spirit in bringing out the release of the kingdom, because doesn't the world need it? We've been thinking and praying about that this morning. Doesn't the world need to hear, hear of Jesus, and to know the kingdom of God released? And that's our purpose uh, in that work that the Lord has given us to do, that we are to be those who, with the Spirit, partner with him and to uh, come to that point where we can release by praying for people, by praying for healing, praying for their needs, by standing with them. Uh, All these wonderful things that we are able to do. And it's been great to hear um, from the children about what they were involved with in church on the street. And I thought it would be... um, came to me this morning as I was thinking about this. I thought it would be good uh, if we actually heard from people who give testimonies of how we've been involved in that, in proclaiming Jesus, and hopefully giving opportunities for us to pray for people. Uh, Were there any particular um, uh, encounters that people would like to share uh, from church on the street yesterday? Cheryl, yes, Cheryl. I've actually got three, but yeah. I could, um, if nobody else wants to Go say them. Um, Dee, do you want to say about the workmen? Yeah. Um, I, because um, that was one of mine. I, um, 
One was um, Abby did go over and give out loads of tracks. And it was an old lady who'd sat down at the bus stop waiting for the bus and she started looking through the track and, um, and reading it. And I thought that's such a blessing because I was thinking, don't give it to everybody. <laughs> you know, just choose who you're going to give it to because, you know, you want it to go to the right person. And I thought that was a blessing. And then right at the end, um, I took our dog and um, there was this guy who looked a bit um, weathered um, and he had a dog and the dogs went over and, you know, trying to say hello. And it was actually really nice because it made him stop and it made us have an opportunity to then talk to him. And, um, and we, we chatted and he said he was feeling really heavy and laden and, um, and Dee turned around and said, can we pray for you? Um, so I prayed for him, and I really felt that he was really heavy laden, and there was lots of things on his heart, and it was so nice to be able to pray, and sometimes having that little connection of, of the two dogs saying hello to each other gave us that opportunity, otherwise he just would have wandered past, and um, that was, I really felt it was a blessing for him, mm. and I felt blessed that I'd been able to pray with somebody. Mm. Just to say, I, I turned around. It was right at the end of the outreach. I turned around and I saw Dee and Cheryl with this guy really praying. Like there was, it was like there was an open heaven over him. It was a lovely moment. Uh, yeah, I'll just share a little bit about the incredible time we had, actually. It was so encouraging. But the worship team at the beginning, Andy talked about just releasing joy. And I think that's just what we did. And uh, so many people were attracted to the worship, particularly children with their families, which has been shared about. But there were some workmen there, when I don't think they were there by chance. And uh, they couldn't really carry on with their work because they, they wanted to make a bit of noise. So they ended up having to listen to the music. And I went over to one of them, and he was uh, Romanian. And I said, um, I you know, started chatting to him. I said, is there anything I can pray for you about? And he went, oh, no. And I said, well, why not? <laughs> and I thought, well, just, you know. And he went, oh, and we didn't have an answer to that. So we ended up praying together. And I just felt they were really impacted by just receiving um, the word. And, but it was so many great encounters. It was a very blessed time. I, was, I can I add one on the end. I was able to pray with a lady um, right at the end who um, said that she used to go to church, um, but that when lockdown happened, she'd stopped going. Um, and it was interesting because we'd had a word before we went out about praying for people who'd stopped going to church because of lockdown. And she said to me very clearly, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go back. I've kind of got other things to do with my time now. And she obviously wasn't born again. She doesn't know Jesus really yet, but she'd been going to a church. But we talked for a long time and she really opened up about her life, about her work situation. We started talking about the situation in Ukraine and Russia and where's God in all of that and what's his will and what does he want and we had such a, a deep conversation I thought you know this lady really needs to get saved um, and she didn't respond there and then but we did pray together and she was really touched and, and blessed in that prayer and I know she was receiving from the Lord and then her friend turned up so she had to go but um, <laughs> there was lots of prayer flowing on the streets so I think it was that wonderful release of the Holy Spirit was definitely mm, happening wonderful Thank you very much. Yeah. (coughs) 
Yeah, I kind of wanted through what I was, what I've been saying, and through reading kind of the scriptures and bringing us back, it was to was to really encourage us uh, to be uh, that kind of people that the Lord has called us to be, to be those who seek to release the Holy Spirit. Um, obviously, uh, you know that we're also involved, you know, in preaching Jesus. I mean, let's. I'm, I'm kind of taking that as a given, uh, you know, as Paul preached Jesus and uh, preached the kingdom of God. I've taken that as, as, a, as a given, but I wanted to kind of um, encourage us that we are to be uh, the people whom God uses to release the, his kingdom into our community. This is the reason that we are, one of the reasons that we are here together, um, uh, that he has equipped us uh, to do that. And it was just lovely to hear the opportunities that we are given in church on the street, but also in our own lives as well, with our families and friends, with our neighbours. We have opportunities too. The Lord can use us to impact them um, with the kingdom of God. Um, We're praying with them, praying for them. Um, And all the ways that the Lord will enable us to be witnesses, to be testimonies to the love of God for them. That's what I wanted to do. But um, we've seen that we are a people. We, uh, we have kingdom power. We have a purpose. But uh, just kind of finally want to, to leave us with that we are prayers. We, have, we are kingdom prayers too. Isn't it? Jesus directed us in the way that we should pray. The familiar prayer, as we know, uh, you know our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This prayer, it has in, contained within it, or if we make up, you know, uh, use our own words, you know, the Lord is directing us to pray that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as we pray, as we seek God's face, Lord, as, as we cry out to him for God's kingdom to come, even through us, here and now, that his will be done on the earth as in heaven in anticipation of the day when Jesus shall return and the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. We say, come Lord Jesus. Amen. I just felt um, as Paul was given the opportunity, and he took the opportunities, it said, um, with all openness unhindered, that we encourage each other, that we take those opportunities. Uh, and hopefully the Lord will give us courage that we do it with all openness, openness and freely, that the, that the world might hear of Jesus and um, meet him. Amen. Amen.